What's up, what's up, and what is happening, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I'm here, like always, with my co-host, Dustin Smith, and we are here to recap the 67-49 beatdown by the 16th-ranked Auburn Tigers on the road in the PMAC in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, over the LSU Tigers. What a night it was. The Auburn Tigers improved to 15-3 and on the year, 5-1 and in the SEC, and what a defensive performance by Bruce Pearl's squad. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Uh, Jalen Williams showing up, showing out again. Wendell Green Jr. doing his thing. Alan Flanagan. Man, those three have been on absolute tear lately. And big shout out to Leor Berman. Can't wait to talk all about him. Dylan Cardwell, what a performance he had on the defensive end. I mean, this team is clicking since that trip to Athens. I mean, they catch a loss to Georgia, and it has been guns a-blazing since, man. Uh, Big shout-out to this squad. It looks like things are rolling, and we can't wait to get Dustin's thoughts as well. And it is the first time that we have recorded since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took a shellacking from the Dallas Cowboys. So can't wait to get his thoughts on that. I know my boy's upset, man. I know he's struggling right now. I mean, Brady, is he coming back? Is he leaving? What's going on down there in Tampa? They got the OC issues. Can't wait to get his thoughts on that. So, uh, appreciate each and every one of you tuning in tonight, and we really appreciate it. And with that being said, we're going to kick it over here to the Belly Up Sports Network, and we're going to get right after it. War Damn Eagle, everybody. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up, what's up, and what's happening, everybody? Welcome back in to another episode, and I'm here tonight with my co-host, Dustin Smith. And I know my guy's hurting, like I said in the intro. His bucks just took a shellacking the other night from the Dallas Cowboys, and I know... Uh, he's down in the dumps, but there seems to be a little excitement. They get rid of the OC, Byron Lefwich, today. Man, Dustin, how you been doing, man? I'm good, buddy. Uh, like you said, as far as Tampa goes, that's you fixed part of the problem. It's kind of, you still have cancer, but at least you got a tumor out. <laughs> man, Dustin, what uh, what what? What went down Monday night, man? What happened? Uh, is Brady leaving? Is he coming back? Is it over? Uh, what's the problem down there in Tampa, man? Uh, the problem is Todd Bowles and mm. Byron Leftwich has. I mean, he's he's part of you know he's part of the problem too. But and if you're wondering, if you're thinking, okay, well, weren't these guys part of the Super Bowl team? Yeah, and Byron Leftwich was the OC, but. Bruce Arians was calling the shots. That was Bruce Arians' offense. And the more you watch this year, you're like, man, I think Bruce Arians may have been calling more of the plays than we thought. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone knows Bruce Arians was no risk it, no biscuit. That was his saying. And he was a down-the-fields guy. He saw Jameis Winston throw 30 picks and 30 touchdowns his year with Bruce. Uh, so, and even Tom, up until the bye week in 2020, Tom had kind of struggled. Um, we Tampa was seven and five, and then Bruce and Tom kind of met during the bye week, and they meshed their styles a little bit. And Tom was still throwing more downfield passes than he's ever thrown in his life, but blended it with some of his philosophies as well, and it worked. 
and it worked very well last year, going 12-5, and five, winning a game, ultimately losing a close tie game to the Super Bowl champion Rams. Uh, Todd Poles blitzes on a third on a third long in that situation with 30 seconds to go in that Rams game, leaves Cooper Cup one-on-one with the safety. You already know what happens. Cooper Cup wins. The Rams kick a field goal, and they advance. Um, Todd Bowles is 24-40 and 40 coming into this year as a head coach. Mm. Uh, so that's already, you know, he's already had four seasons, and he never made the playoffs in those four seasons. And then he comes in this year with the most talented roster he's ever had in his life, and he goes 8-10. and 10. He's lifeless, Blake. He's just lifeless. He doesn't – when you can uh, – you can watch the videos of his post-game speeches, and no one's really bought in. The locker room's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch him on the sideline. He doesn't show emotion. And, I'm, you know, there are guys like Bill Belichick that win like that, but you have to be a real tactical, uh, you know, you really got to have – you got to bring something to the table. And uh, Todd Bowles is Marty Schottenheimer, bro. He's just mm. a really good coordinator. Like, he's a great coordinator. The Bucks' defense was good this year. It was good. Mm-hmm. I think it, it broke Monday night. I just I talk about it. I do. A, I did a whole video on my show, so in Sports Daily, about it. And you know, I I feel like when Brady threw that pick on the fourteen play drive in the end zone, mm-hmm. that that was it. And the defense has held all year, and it just wasn't going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And this Tampa team just never. I think the biggest indictment on him is if you go back and think to the season, there's no point I can point to and say, okay, they had fun that game. It never clicked. It was an uphill battle the whole time in the in the interviews and in the press conference. They always seem like they had the weight of the world on their shoulders, mm-hmm. which I thought was weird because, like, you're not even the Super Bowl. You're not even the defending champs or anything. Like, there's no reason for them to act the way they acted. Like, all year they just acted like – there was so much pressure on them, and they were always like very ho hum in interviews. And I just the culture shot. Um, they're not having fun. There's it, just watching them, watching the interviews and the press conferences. There's stuff going on in the locker room. Uh, so guys got to go. And Todd Bowles is the main one. And you'll see that next year. Whether you bring back Brady or what you do in the offseason, it doesn't matter. They've already said they're bringing back Todd Bowles. And Tampa will win more than four or five games next year. This thing will fall apart because he's not a good head coach. So do you ultimately think do you ultimately think that Brady leaves? Uh, and what are some destinations? I don't think I think if Tom Brady comes back oh, wow. I don't know. But I mean if he comes back, I think he stays in Tampa. Just, and I'm just looking at this how I would view it. But at, he's going to be 46 next year when the season starts. At 46 years old, do you want to go to another system, your third team, and learn new people, learn a new city, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. for one year? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. To me, if you if you're going to come back come back to the organization that has given you everything. He has a great relationship with the Glazers, the owners. Um, you still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Like, what other team out there is going to give you a better chance either? Yeah. Um, you can still sell it on, okay, man, well, we had a lot of injuries and we got rid of Leftwich and we can bring somebody in. Look, <laughs> for obvious reasons, as an Auburn fan and as a Buck fan, we, tr- we need to go get Todd Munkin out of Georgia and bring him back. 
Tampa Bay, where Georgia mm. got him from in the first place. So that's my main thing right now is get Todd Munkin back to Tampa Bay, calling plays, running that offense. Like I said, it's still not going to fix the issues, but if if you're Tom Brady, I just don't want to, like the Raiders or all, the 49ers are rolling the block. Brock Purdy from here on out. Yeah, I would say the Niners, but I think they've got their guy in the future. So you're going to build around that guy versus taking a one-year rental. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest about it. This is the first year Brady showed decline. And if that's the biggest reason I think he might walk away is because I think if Tom Brady's being honest with himself, and it wasn't this huge humongous drop off. It wasn't like Peyton Manning or Drew Brees where it was just like, Oh my God, dude, you can't even, you're not even serviceable. Yeah. But it was a drop off. And he's always said, if it gets to the point to where I think I suck, yep. I don't think he sucked, but compared to what his standards are for himself, I believe he sucked. Like mm. he missed a lot of throws throughout. There's a lot of things that were on him this year more than ever before. And. For that reason, I think he might step away. Like, I don't – he's not going to get any better. And, yeah, yeah I, I would lean towards him being done. Mm, man. You know, Dustin, a part of me, I, I thought he should have just hung it up last year and, and just stayed 100%. retired. Uh, I mean, look, man, you have nothing else to prove. Like, Tom Brady has zero left to prove. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. It's not even close. You've done it in, in two cities – we get it, man. Just, just ride off into the sunset. Uh, and that's that's kind of my thing. Is like if he does come back to play, just stay in Tampa. I don't really get the whole Dolphins thing where they're like, oh, we'll trade yeah. two and all that. That that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the the Raiders, like, why would you move across country? I, I get it, it's Vegas, but you know, I I don't know, man. The Raiders, the Raiders don't have a defense. I mean, New yeah. Orleans teams is set up more than Tampa, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Dolphins, like, would they really trade Tua for a, what, a one-year Tom Brady experiment? I mean, I don't know, man. It, it, it just, yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't, I don't know, man. I just kind of think he needs to ride off into the sunset. I've seen all I need to see from Tom Brady, man. Uh, go go live the rest of your life, man. Go go move to Miami. Instead of playing for the Dolphins, just move down there and just sit on South Beach for the rest of your life, man, because, you know, you've done enough. But, Dustin, I, I had to ask you that, man. I, I was feeling for you Monday night, and I know this is the first time we've gotten to record since then, man, but uh, the NFL playoffs, I mean – there's going to be some damn good matchups, and and I'm excited for it this weekend, man. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, I mean, all the great quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're all there. I mean, it is uh, Jalen Hurts up in, in up in Philly. You got Danny Dimes, man. I mean, what do you? How do you see this thing shaking out this weekend, man? Give me some winners and give me some losers. God, I'm pulling for Jacksonville so hard. Oh man, I just don't see it. But I'll say this. So I was thinking about how crazy the young QBs in the AFC is. Like, yeah. With Mahomes, with Allen, and with Burrow, you got Lamar Jackson, one healthy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence is saying, oh, I'm here too. It's mm. Justin Herbert. Like, 
it's the the future of the AFC is nuts, and the top of that, those are, those all those guys are young and super talented. I think there's three or four teams in the AFC that are gonna be going at it for a long time, and I'm really excited for that. But it's just hard for me to go against the Chiefs. I just think so highly of Patrick Mahomes and. You don't win it every year, so like when they do lose in the playoffs, I don't make a big deal about it because they're going up against other great teams, and we've seen them win it, or that we've seen them win it. Mm-hmm. And when they went up against Tampa, like here's here's the thing about Tampa's uh, Super Bowl run. For the first, it's rare any time, but especially for the Bucks, like we didn't have anybody get hurt that whole year. Yeah, like at all. There was the injury port was clean like the whole year. It was nuts. I was just like, what? It, like even Grog stayed healthy for a whole season. Yeah, it was crazy. So when we played that Chiefs team in the Super Bowl, they had three offensive linemen out, and we had JPP and a healthy Shaq Barrett and a healthy Didi Vea and a healthy Devin White and a healthy Levante David and a healthy Carlson Davis. Like mm. we were just ready to roll, and we demolished them. But they've made those runs, and it's just they're going to win Super Bowls. Like, as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback, they're going to win Super Bowls. So I'm going to keep picking them, like, every year. Because even if they don't get it, what, they lose in the AFC title game or they lose went in the Super Bowl to another great team. So it's just hard for me to pick against them. And my heart is pulling for Jacksonville. I'm pulling for Buffalo as well because at some point, like, I just want to see the celebration. Yeah, I don't give a damn about the Cubs, but when I got there, like I'm pulling for the Cubs, man. Uh, so it's just it's just that at this point, and there's probably some sixty to seventy year old Bills fan that I want him to get that dub. But it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm rolling with KC. I'm rolling with KC all the way through. Love uh, that. In the NFC, I think the Giants are the team to watch. Ooh, I like, like that pick, dude. A coach makes all the difference in the world. Yep. And there's no there's no team in the NFC that I look at where I'm like, okay, even with Philly, yes, they've had a great year, but this Eagles team is not just some super established team. Yeah. Like, I think the NFC is, is up in the air. And right now, I think the Giants are playing the best ball, and there's nothing more deadly than the wild card Giants. Mm, man. Factual stuff right there, man. Saquon is on a freaking tear. Danny Dimes not turning the ball over, using his legs. Uh, need Darius Slayton, our Auburn guy, to pick it up, man. Stay away from the drops. You know, when they throw it and it hits you in the hands, let's 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 reel that puppy in, man. But, yeah, definitely pulling for the Giants, man. Uh, I like the 49ers over there if Brock Purdy can keep his play. If he can keep his play on next level status, man, they are going to be tough with that defense and yeah, hard, uh, to beat. hard to beat, man. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating football, man. I mean, it's t- the playoffs, man. What more can you ask for? But uh, Dustin, man, moving on. I know we've we played on a Wednesday night and we went down to the PMAC in Baton Rouge and we absolutely put on one hell of a defensive performance, Dustin. I mean. Watching this from this Bruce Pearl team, I mean, you couldn't have painted anything better, Dustin. We gave up 49 points to LSU. I mean, 
we held them under 50 in their own building, Dustin. I mean, wh- when you were watching this game go down, man, what were you thinking? Dylan Cardwell, Jonah Broom, man, Jalen Williams, Alan Flanagan, all of them, bro. I mean, it was just Zepp Jasper, his on-ball defense is just, I mean, have fun, man. Have fun with that because you you scoring on Auburn is going to be an absolute struggle. We're starting to shoot the ball better. Like, we're not lighting the world on fire. Yeah. But we talk about it. Yeah. Every team is just going to go zone with us. Apparently, we've seen it for four straight games. Yep. No, I get it. But, again, we like, like the third straight game, we saw the 1-3-1. Mm-hmm. But um, we're attacking it well, and we're finding our holes. And Jalen was missing his shot early, but he's, he's being aggressive, and he didn't have his best night from three, but... Anytime the team go to that zone, Jalen says, okay, here's my spot, and he's finding it. Yep. Uh, same thing with Flam. Another strong performance from Wendell, leading the team in points. And, you know, we've talked about it before many times. The team is going to go in March as the guards go. And mm-hmm. this team goes as, the, as most teams will go, how their point guard goes. And Jay, or, um, Wendell has picked it up significantly since that Georgia game. It's like he heard the criticism and here we go. And that's my most that's the thing I'm most encouraged about because that's what we need. Uh, Bruce came out today and said that Janai's been dealing with uh, a banged up big toe, which sounds kinda goofy like you first read it and you're like, come on man, but it's hard to move around for thirty, forty minutes mm-hmm. without you know on a big, a banged up big toe, but he's still out there toughing it out. Another win without Simo, uh, mm. so Flan giving us those minutes. And what if did Flan finish with? Uh, finish with eight and eight, right? Flan went twenty three minutes, three of six from the field, two of three from three, seven rebounds, zero assist, and eight points. That's his stat line. Eight, yeah, battling, battling foul trouble. He fouled out. Yep. So, look, I just – I feel very comfortable saying Flan is back. Uh, that pop is back. He looks explosive in everything that he's mm-hmm. doing. And we have, it's been a while since we won at the PMAC. So, to go in there and break silly streaks, mm-hmm. which we – unfortunately, we have some of those in basketball. We're not going to get a chance <laughs> to break our stupid little Gainesville streak this year in Florida, but – it was nice to go down there and get that, and it's always nice to kick LSU's ass, ain't it? <laughs> That's a fact, man. That's a fact. We we've uh, we got to break the streak in football last year, and then you know yeah. we we go on the road at the PMAC and we break break this streak. And wait, uh, I had to interrupt you, brother. Think about this real quick. Yeah. In ten, in ten years, mm-hmm. I bet we will turn on. SEC Network and and watch what a classic head coaching battle of Brian Harson man and Ed Orgeron. <laughs> you talk about two gurus, son. Hey, you know, you know, one thing about that man is is I saw on Twitter the other day somebody said the best thing Brian Harson ever did at Auburn was white and orange face mask. And I said, okay, so we're we're skipping over the the breaking the streak in Baton Rouge and just leaving it at the face mask, all right? It, we don't care about the streak in Baton Rouge. White and orange face mask, that's the best thing he did, all right? Because he didn't do much. <laughs> um, 
Bo Nix did a lot that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the play probably one of the best plays I've ever seen in college football. I mean, just incredible, man, incredible. But uh, Dustin, one guy that we've kind of been waiting to get going, and and he didn't shoot it great last night, but he found his way in the paint. Um, got a tough a couple uh, a couple tough ones to go, and that's KD Johnson, man. And I really feel like if KD Johnson is giving you twenty two minutes with eight points, man, that is what you need from KD. We know that KD can get this thing going and he can have a night for fourteen, sixteen, eighteen points. But I honestly feel like that's not what this Auburn team needs, Dustin. If you can get a KD Johnson with eight and a Zep Jasper with five. That's all I need from you, all right? I don't I don't need you being out of control, all right? I need exactly what you did last night. Right? And and I think that is the role that KD needs to take the rest of the season. Give me 8, that's your target. Give me give me 8 points, 8 to 10 points, that's all I need. Play great defense and let everything else fall into place, Dustin. And I thought he did that last night. It was two for four for three for three. Um, I thought he played good defense, but I'll be honest with you, man. I, I'm pretty frustrated with he gets the ball and he's on like a he's, we're a clear advantage. It's a three on one. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is pass it, mm-hmm. and he goes right to the hole every single time. And these teams are watching film on him, so yep. He just continues to drive to the hole and throw it up, and. I I put out I put on Twitter last night. So I've never seen a D one player miss this many layups. Mm-hmm. He, I I don't get it. I really don't get it. Uh, he blew two or three wide open last night. He has <laughs> one. He just goes and just throws it off the back of the rim. I really don't understand it. Um, I like what he did from three. Like I said, because honestly, his even his energy had fallen off. Yeah. Um, the last couple of games, he's picked that part back up. Yeah. And his attitude has been better. And he would be a hell of a contribution, but he has got, he just got to quit being so selfish. I mean, you've got to pass the ball, man. There's several times where it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you've got to, you've got to pass that off. It's a wide open dunk. Just mm-hmm. pass the ball off. Uh, I just don't, I don't understand what's going on with that. The big thing for me last night was Leo Berman. Oh, we're getting yeah. eight points from Leo Berman. <laughs> and if he's going to play that kind of defense, yeah, like, dude, you had to find the minutes when Simo goes out, and Leor says, "Here I am." Mm. Dustin, you know one thing about Leor, man, is even like even when you get fully healthy, he's got to stay on the court because he adds another shooter to your offense. He, he was three or four last night from the field, and he was one or two from three. And if he's gonna play that good a defense, yeah, and and if he's gonna play that good a defense, man, I mean, you got to keep him on the floor. And even if it is like last night, seventeen minutes, all right, that's all we need from him, okay. And I mean, I thought, I, I think he has played exceptionally well. I mean, he he has accepted his role, come in off the bench, grind it out. All right, we know you're not the most talented guy. But all we need you to do is hit a big shot, all right? We need you to hit a big shot, play tough physical defense, and just be a scrappy guy, man. 
Just be a scrappy guy. Fall on the fall on the floor for for loose balls. All right. That's that's it. That's all we need. And man, KD, like you said, uh, you know, he was getting into the paint last night, and, and and we've said this multiple times, Dustin. Stop looking for contact and start looking for a bucket. All right. I, I, that is my one my one thing that frustrates me with KD man is it's like he it's like he's looking to go directly to the foul line and and I I want to see you try to finish instead of just looking for contact because it looks so forced and out of control and then and then he he gets caught up in the air and tries to make this acrobatic pass and everything and ends up throwing it away and just just tone it back a little bit because all I need out of you is 8 points that's it 8 to 10 points that's it that's it because we got four guys right now in Jonah, Jalen, Wendell and Flan that those guys are going to get theirs all right so all we need is is a card well dump in four big fella that's what he did last night and played hellacious defense, man. Dylan Cardwell is a force down low on the defensive end, man. I mean, have fun because my buddy means business. He will pin it off the glass in a heartbeat, Dustin. And how about that lob last night? Oh, Yeah, it's beautiful. And the thing I love about that is it's funny because a dunk like that at home is fun, obviously, because the crowd goes crazy. Yeah. But I love it on the road, man. Because, like, everyone has, like, this oh, shit look on their face. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just, like, look around like, oh. <laughs> like, it just, it just gets quiet. And, like, oh, that was pretty nice. <laughs> D- Dustin. <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful play. Dustin. And that's, listen, dude, we've been saying it. And ever since Georgia, I'm going to give Bruce credit. Mm-hmm. He has been doing some stuff. We've been running more sets. Now, yep. we have... Not enough. There was still some times last night where, and went through his hands at one time, like, what are y'all doing? We mm-hmm. probably had four or five shot clock violations, yep. or at least at least came down to it. So we got to get that together. But there are some, there are some uh, you know, we're running more things in the half court, mm-hmm. and we're getting better looks, and you're starting to see the higher percentage. And you talk about KD getting eight. It's, so he's two for four from three. But he's two for seven. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, bro, you're 0 for five inside the three point line. Like, mm-hmm. let's get that fixed a little bit. And he made a really nice pass where he drove the lane and then dished it off. It's like, dude, they've been watching film on you. They don't ever believe you're going to pass it. Mm-hmm. So probably for the next 100 times you drive. <laughs> they're going to crash on you. Yep. Dump that thing off like that. And it was a great pass, and he's got that ability. So I like where we're going offensively in the half court. And, you know, if you're going to get eight, Blake, from Leor, eight from KD, and five from Zev, mm. and then your, your, your big guy, your starters, your main guys contribute, you like where you're, you know, you like how you're going to, your chances. Mm, man. You know, <sighs> Dustin, Jalen Williams, man, like the dude, I don't know, like last night I saw something in Jalen 
And what I mean by this is it's it's kind of hard for me to put in words, Dustin, is, you know, he come out, he had a big shot early, and then he kind of went cold, man, and, and he just couldn't get it going out the gate. And I saw a confidence in him last night where I don't know if Bruce said something, Steven said something, I don't know who said what, but there was a confidence in stay on course, keep shooting the basketball. And we have been preaching on this podcast, 12 to 15 shots, 12 to 15 shots for Jalen, 12 to 15 shots. And last night he goes 6 to 13, 104 from three, seven boards, was was an absolute menace on defense. Uh, and then ended with 14, man. So, like, that confidence of it – it started out a little rocky and a little shaky, and he haven't he even had those little uh, those little floaters in the paint that didn't fall and everything. And then you know you just saw him. It's like he never shied away last night, and I think you're starting to see Jalen Williams finally come out of his shell a little bit and say, "Hey, I'm a leader on this team. All right, I'm a guy that has to get my shots up. I have I have to take control of this offense, and I got to score." And I think that's what he's doing. I think it's huge for this basketball team. But one thing I was going to ask you is that high pick and roll, Dustin, with uh, Cardwell and uh, Wendell. Do we need to more? Do we need to run more of that when we're struggling on the offensive end? Yeah. See, we did it a lot last year to mm-hmm. start with Wynn and Walker, and it was really our go-to. Yep. And then you had Jabari over there where you could just go ISO with him if you needed to or dump a, dump it to him off of that. But eventually teams pick up on that, and by the end of the season, it was basically eliminated. Yep. We haven't ran it a lot this year. So, yeah, let's do it because it should be there. It's not on film. <laughs> yeah, that's the struggle, man, is like in the second half, Auburn – Like, let me go back real quick, Dustin, is like one thing – that I was seeing a lot on social media last night. I know I couldn't go live for the game and everything, but Auburn gets a lead. They're sitting on a lead, and you come out of half, and then all of a sudden LSU makes a run, okay? And people go, oh, well, here we go. All right, this isn't anything new, Auburn fans. Like, we knew what was going to happen. First off, basketball is a game of runs. You're not just going to beat somebody to sleep all night, okay? Like, and look, I heard these Alabama fans the other night. They're they're beating Vanderbilt by 20 the entire night, Dustin. Right? And then all of a sudden, Vanderbilt cuts it to, like, 10 with, like, three minutes left and I'm like what did you expect all right you're just not gonna just keep hammering people down all night long you know a a team is eventually gonna make a run man like you're you're gonna get up on somebody by 16 and they're gonna cut it to five like I don't know what to tell you I don't care how good you are it's gonna happen I was sitting in the national championship last year and North Carolina was up 29 at half and then Kansas come back and won the basketball game so, you know, I mean, I, it, it's going to happen. But uh, that is the only thing that kind of, you know, is is shaky in the second half, man. It's kind of like uh, our offense stalls a little bit. It's isolation only. Uh, there's not a lot of off-ball movement. It's just people standing around, man. What do we have to do better, Dustin, uh, to just really put our foot on somebody's throat, man? 
you said, I mean, basketball is a game of runs. So mm-hmm. we love we would love to destroy everybody, but you're just not going to. And yeah, no doubt. Definitely, uh, we've we've coached against this guy before with Murray State. We mm-hmm. know he's a good coach, and I think there's a talent deficiency right now. The funniest meme I saw was. Uh, the Scooby Doo guy, Fred, pulling the mask off. You see that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was the Murray State, and then LSU being the same guy. Yeah. Uh, and you know they had to put it together. It's crazy to lose a whole team. So I actually think they've done a good job when you go and consider the circumstances. But mm-hmm. I think I think it was listen, man. I thought that this was going to be a close game. And no not doubt, because of um. We were, always knew we were the more talented team, but just a road game versus a rival that they have big, like they're a big physical type team, and but we just we just bodied them, we just bodied them, dude. We mm-hmm. we came out and bullied them all night. We wanted it more from the get go. Yep, and that's. Man, the thing that's so encouraging to me is we're winning games in different ways. We really didn't create a lot of turnovers last night. No, we didn't. We didn't create a lot of turnovers and get out and fast break and do all that. Uh, and we still just won the game. And that's the way. That's our whole deal. Still won the game doing that uh, in, in a different way. And if you go back and look at it over these four games they've all uh, that we've won since Athens, they've all played out differently. And the way we could just bury these teams is, is just – Play our game and not not do this thing which all college teams do, but so of course we do it too. Is where we can just we get too emotional at times, mm-hmm. and especially at home, like we'll start taking crazy shots, trying to get the jungle to blow the top off the building, and this kind of stuff. Just stay calm, keep playing good basketball. It's not cool to shoot a three from the logo. <laughs> Work that thing in there and get a good look, a high efficient look, and that you see us doing that, and you see these percentages going up. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I think that, this, and this will this will lend into your question of how just how can we beat these teams and really put our foot, foot on the throat is, I think this team and all Bruce Pearl teams play hard, but this team right here, man, like they play really hard Mm -hmm. there's not one Malik Dunbar there's like 10 of them Mm -hmm. like these guys all are diving on the floor they're all getting after it none of them are selfish none of them we're asking them to be more selfish and look when LSU made that run last night and they got down who hit the big three Mm. talk to me plant Plan. Plan did. Talk to Give me. Give me this thing in the corner. Bang. <laughs> so, intangibles. Like, these guys are starting to figure out their roles. Mm-hmm. They're start, They're starting, Jalen's starting to say, you know what, I'm going to keep shooting. And it, he ends up going 6 for 13. He double clutched on two threes. Mm-hmm. And when he came back to the bench, you saw everybody. What is the coach about Jalen? Shoot it. Shoot it, man. Don't double clutch that thing. Let it go. Yep. And... From then on, he was fine. He'll and he'll make look. He he's gonna make those shots, those floaters. That's his shot. It just mm-hmm. didn't go early. Yep. Um. To do what we do, just play 
tenacious, ferocious Auburn basketball where by the end of it, the other team is just like, man, they threw 10, 11 bodies at us, and every single one of them played hard and didn't stop the whole night. And when you have that many bodies, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can bring in Dylan Carwell fresh, and then you're like, my God, this guy doesn't let up. And then he goes out, and here comes the dog that Janai Broom is. Like, you could just, okay, here comes KD, and now I got this crazy man in my face when I'm trying to bring the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. Like, over 40 minutes, man, that'll wear you down. Mm. Mm. It's hard to play harder than us. Was Was the Georgia game a wake-up call? I think it was. Yeah, and Georgia's better than we thought. That, very true, very true. Georgia is better than we thought, man. Uh, and and I one hundred percent, man. I'm one of those people that I think sometimes you could be sleepwalking, and you just need to get your you just need to get punched right in the mouth. All right, you could be sleepwalking and get punched right in the mouth, and say, hey, you're not as good as you think you are. All right, and I and honestly, I think that's what happened in Athens. You got punched in the mouth. You walked in thought you were a little better than what you were and now we're actually seeing you went back to the drawing board and uh and we're seeing an an auburn team that is starting to click on all cylinders and look all you all you auburn fans out there that just want to come come in my mentions and say oh well you beat the the 12th 13th and 14th ranked teams in the sec in the in the rpi and all this man look take that rpi and all that and just shove it okay because when you go on the road in conference play i don't care who you are you're liable to get smacked all right liable to get smacked so don't don't give me all of that that horse crap uh, you know lsu i know they're down i know they're struggling right now but they're still a quality opponent all right it i don't care about records and all of that this, this conference is is it, it might be a tad down but it's still deep and you can be beat at any given time there's talent around this conference so I'm going to take an 18-point an dub on the road in Baton Rouge. I'm going to take it every single time. LSU. Yeah. Just beat the hell out of LSU and yeah. do it. I'm going to take it every time. All right? the, the LSU has one. They have some of the, the best athletes to ever come out in, in, into play in the NBA. Shaquille O'Neal. Look at Ben Simmons right now. I mean, what he's doing with Brooklyn and everything, man. I mean, like, you could go on and on down the list. I mean, it's a it's a basketball program that has history. So you go and you beat that team by 18 points, you dang right, I'm going to take it. <clears throat> so, excuse me, uh, I'm going to take it, man. So, um, what, we go on the road to South Carolina Saturday? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're going to clap them. I mean, Enjoy that one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poo-poo it. I mean, they they smack Kentucky. Yeah, I, that exactly my point, dude. Exactly my point, Dustin. So when you want to talk, when you want to sit here and talk about all this stuff about oh, well, they're twelfth and thirteenth in the conference in RPI and the net rankings and all that, man. Look, you can be beat at any given time. South Carolina, they, they beat them at Kentucky, right? I think it was. I think it was it at Kentucky. I, I believe so. If so, they would have ended. Was it then the end of their streak? Yeah, I like. I'm pretty sure that was at Rupp Arena. I, I'm pretty positive it was at Rupp Arena. Right, yeah. And 
th- th- you lose to South Carolina at home? Like that just that right there shows you that you can be beat any night in the SEC, man. So like get that out of here, man. I, I don't want to hear it. You go on the road, you win a basketball game, especially after we went on the road to Georgia and got smacked up. Now we go on the road and beat somebody by eighteen, and you're still complaining. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And a point, you know, I didn't think about this. So you were making the point about the boys being embarrassed by Georgia, but. You know, I think that they found out, too. Um, all the people don't like losing to Georgia in anything. Like, That's a fact. I thought the reaction as far as the overall view of the team was over the top from the entire fan base. But everyone's right for being pissed about losing to Georgia. And I think now that, now that you mentioned that, I was like, you know what? They might have been a little embarrassed, too, of like, man, this we kind of got crap for this one. Dustin, I called him an NIT team. <laughs> That's how mad I was. That's how mad. Did I believe that? No. But you deserved it. You deserved to be called an NIT team because you lost to Georgia. You know, all the reaction podcast, every Auburn podcast, brother, was is it time to panic? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know. But hey, hate it. I'm sorry, but. You went on the road and lost to Georgia, and losing to Georgia doesn't sit well with me in basketball, football, baseball. It don't matter. It could be equestrian. Yeah, equestrian, hockey. I don't care. Like I don't want to lose to Georgia. I don't. I don't want to lose to the little, the little mutts, man. I can't stand them. So you know, I. It's just. Uh, I think it woke this team up, though, man. I think it went back to the drawing board, and there's no way I'm going to get on social media and just downplay an 18-point road victory, and I'm just I'm just not going to do it. That's not who we are on this podcast, and uh, I'm going to beat my chest over it. And I know I got on social media last night and, and went off, but, you know, hey, I'm going to take it every time, man. 15-3, and three, what, 5-1 and one in the SEC? What, uh, Alabama's on top at 6-0, and oh, so you're a game out of the lead, and you played them twice. And, uh, A&M, A&M's undefeated, but I, I you know. I know, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll I keep see. Waiting, you know what I mean? I just keep waiting. Yeah, we'll we'll see about Buzz. They're due. They're due for. They're due for a little payback, Dustin. After that SEC tournament last year, so you know, I know we got them coming up, and uh, yeah, they they they're due for one. We we got to get back at them, and the next week, right? Yeah, it's next week. We play them at yes. Auburn, I believe, don't we? I'm, yeah, we'll be at home. Cause yeah. Two South Carolina, and then we got them at home. Then it's yeah. two Morgantown next Saturday. Yeah, yeah, they're due for one, Dustin, and and I can feel it in the jungle. Ooh, yeah, have fun, man, and Buzz, yeah, yeah. Buzz, Mister Headband, Buzz. All right, this ain't Toy Story, bro. All right, <laughs> this ain't Toy Story. All right, we're about to work, you buddy. So, but man. uh the Auburn Tigers, man, heck of a win, heck of a win. So uh, proud of that. We'll be back Sunday. I know we'll t- we'll t- recap the South Carolina game and talk all about it. But man, on the football front of things, just real quick, Dustin, before we get out of here, man, Spencer Sanders commits to Ole Miss today, and that just you know Jackson Dart, and then you just picked up Walker Howard out of the transfer portal, and you got a loaded QB room now, and everybody's on social media going crazy, and then I start trickling across. This well, we beat out Auburn for Spencer Sanders. <laughs> I mean, are we really starting this Ole Miss Auburn thing again, man? Like, like, 
look, look, you can't beat somebody out when somebody didn't even get offered, Dustin. All right? You can't beat us out. We never offered the guy. All right? He wasn't coming to Auburn. And then there was even rumors where I heard that he asked for $300,000 NIL deal. Like, whatever. I don't know how true that is, but that wasn't happening. Not on a, a one-year rental. And then I, 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 make a, I make a post today about, you know what? I see all these people saying that Lane Kiffin's grabbing these quarterbacks so Auburn won't have one next year. And... I'm, hey, hope Robbie Ashford, shout out Robbie Ashford, QB1. Uh, hope he's bookmarking all these things because I can't wait for him to just uh, get Ole Miss in Jordan-Hare Stadium next year and just lay it on them, okay? And so I hope he is bookmarking all those. But then I have people come on t- to the tweet talking about Robbie, and I'm like, what are we doing here, you know? It was just the whole thing was just toxic today it was just it was i'm just like man the disrespect is real you know and and why would we even want spencer sanders is my thing like why were we even entertaining that the dude threw 40 picks at oklahoma state 40 in his career i watched him in a fiesta bowl last year against notre dame dude was up like 28 to 7 and lost all right, I, I just, I don't know. I wasn't on the Spencer Sanders hype train. I just, I don't know, man. What, what are your thoughts on everything that went down today? Right before we came on, I saw uh, Brandon Walker's tweet. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I don't watch Brandon Walker's show. Um, I've, I've never clicked on his stuff, so yeah. I don't know him one way or the other. I don't know his allegiances. I don't even know what company he works for. <laughs> I just see his name a lot yeah. on Twitter. Barstool. Like interact with him and stuff. Is he a Barstool guy? Yeah, he's a Barstool guy. He runs the, okay, uh, well, he's on the Unnecessary Roughness podcast. Okay. I'll keep my opinion about Barstools myself. Um, <laughs> They're trash. It's garbage, man. It, it's because it, it, it's forced. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like we have to be the edgy people. And I have a problem with you being edgy. I mean, like, y'all hear me? I talk crap. But, like, bro, come on, man. Like, a lot of it's forced. But he didn't hear anyone there. I don't know. I Like, seriously, I don't even know his personality, his content, none yeah. of that. So this is not any kind of shade on him or anything like that. I just yeah. – I watched this one tweet. It's the first thing I've ever seen of this dude. And again, I, I will acknowledge you see his name a lot, but like mm-hmm. I just, there's so much content. Like I can't consume it all. I'm sorry. Um, but in his, he said basically that Lane Kiffin stole Spencer Sanders right off of Hugh Freeze plate. And that proves that Ole Miss got the money like that. And, like, I even read to the comments to kind of, like, I don't know if this is, like, satire or something. Because, mm-hmm. again, I don't know him or his personality or anything. But, yeah. uh, like, I guess this was a real take. Um, We didn't offer him. Yeah. And I promise you, if Auburn would have offered Spencer Sanders, he'd be at Auburn. And Ole Miss fans... On October 21st, you get to find out. You're going to find out. And another six to seven year streak will probably spark up. Mm. Because they happen to you versus Auburn all the time. 
do you think of that six or seven year streak that you just broke and one of Auburn's worst years in the last 30 to 40 years and still you struggled to do that? Are we still hung, what, 30, 40 on them? Mm. But um, do you think that like that six or seven year streak was an anomaly? Mm. If so, I encourage you to go back and look at your history. We have longer streaks than that on you. And we've been playing for a very, very long time. And over the whole duration of that time, Auburn has been significantly better. Not mm. just a little bit better. Not just a tiny bit better. Mm, it's up for debate. No. Way better. Talk Way it. Way better. Talk different it. stratosphere. Like a whole different planet. Mm-hmm. So whatever you think is going on, or that you're t- like, check the portal rankings. Is how much did Spencer needle or how much did Spencer Sanders move the needle for Ole Miss? Not hardly. Jump up from. Not hardly. They got starters on defense hitting the portal. Okay. So <laughs> Auburn, go to twenty four seven. Number one. Go to mm-hmm. on three. Number one. Go to ESPN. Number one. Everyone mm. seems to agree Auburn is number one in the portal. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so Auburn finished with a better recruiting class than Ole Miss did in three weeks. Yet, okay, well, we got the portal king, so you'll see. (laughs) But then Auburn did better in the portal. The portal queen. I'm really struggling to follow any of this logic. And... You're going to get boat raced mm. in Jordan Hay. You're going to get boat raced. I'm talking like 24, 28. Like, keep talking. Mm. Keep it up. Because you've had the last three years, that was your window. Mm. That was your time to get at Auburn. And you snuck it in once. <laughs> because that's done. Because for the next 15 to 20, it's pure hell for you. A mm. guy you're very familiar with. Mm. Get out get out of here. Oh, Miss. So sick of this debate. What about what what about the disrespect to Robbie though? Like are like not calling out all Auburn fans because I know a lot of a lot of Auburn fans ride with Robbie, but man, like <sighs> Look, I know he struggled at times, Dustin. We know the completion percentage wasn't great. But like we've mentioned on this podcast, he was in a tough situation, man. He was in a Brian Harson situation. And he he was in an offense that didn't fit his athleticism. It didn't fit what he is as a quarterback. And now you're getting him with a guy that's an absolute guru that's going to put up points. He's he's going to run an offense that fits Robbie Ashford. So why are we sitting here just like oh we need a we need a we need a quarterback in the portal? Got to have a quarterback in the portal. Look, I, I know I understand for depth and everything. It's it's Robbie and Holden and everything. Look, but to sit here every day and well. Hugh Freeze just ain't doing his job. We we just we don't have a QB in the portal yet. Uh, you know, look. Enough, man. Enough is enough. Like, let it go, man. Back number nine. Get behind him. There was people in my mentions today that I was very, very pleased with that were all supportive of Robbie Ashford. And go back and look at his last four games. Go back and look at his last four games when Cadillac Williams took over. Go back and watch the film. He was much, 
much better. Much better. I'm not saying it was great, but it was much, much better. Not saying it was great. Not saying it was great. Not saying he was an elite passer of the football, but it was better. Would you ask TJ Finley to run Gus Malzahn's Nick Marshall offense? No. <laughs> how would that? I mean, how would that look? <laughs> Like, it, it, would, it would look like Robbie doing seven-step drops trying to read like routes that are taking way long to develop anyway. Like, oh, the, man. Like, let's be clear. Not only was the scheme not designed for Robbie or even anything adjustments made to help him, but it was a bad scheme. Like Even with the guys that fit it, it just sucked. It was terrible. So... It's a scheme that doesn't fit, that sucks. And go back to the LSU game where Robbie balled in the first half. When that ball got took away from Coy Moore at the end of the game, what did the LSU defender say? He said, mm. well, that's the, seventh play I, that's the seventh time I saw that play. Yep. They didn't even change their routes. Yep. Everybody on that play did the same thing. It was the seventh time. Yep. So, <laughs> Brian Horston was rolling with ass Madden anyway. <laughs> It was set up for failure, bro. He set up. So, like, why? So, you want to get mad at Robbie. Now, everybody, all these same people, right? I bet if I go back and look at their tweets, I bet they were complaining about the offensive line at some point. Mm-hmm. So, you – well, be fair when you're judging Robbie because you acknowledge – you probably would acknowledge if you have any football knowledge at all, you would acknowledge – that was one of the worst offensive lines in the history of Auburn football. Yep. We've been playing ball since 1892. Mm. And so, you know, that's one of the worst offensive lines we've ever trotted out. No doubt. No doubt. And so you're asking Robbie to play hurt in a bad scheme with no protection. And not only if the if – the, they didn't just suck at pass protection. Now they suck to run blocking too. Yep. So if you can't run the ball – I'm just, I'm struggling to see where anything was set up for Robbie to succeed. Mm. And he played hurt. And, you know, think about when when they told TJ to go back in the game. And he said, no, I'm not doing that because I'm going to burn my red shirt. Mm-hmm. He lost the team. That's why I know TJ is going to be at the spring. TJ will not play another down for Auburn, so don't freak out about that because nope. TJ lost everybody on that team that day. Mm-hmm. But Robbie put his helmet back on, didn't say nothing, and went right back out there. He was too hurt to play. TJ didn't want to go in. Now, I have a problem with the coaches letting him go in to play at that point, but those coaches... We know who they are. We know what they were about. Um, that was that was literally their last day on the sideline. <laughs> but Robbie didn't say nothing. Goes right back in and plays. He was hurt, man. Like, and, and you can say, okay, well, everybody's banged up, but those were serious injuries to the throwing shoulder, and mm-hmm. with bad coaching, with everything going against him. I still saw a lot intangible-wise and a lot athletically. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, too. It's so funny to me. It's like, so were you just excited for Holden because he was a freshman? 
Mm. All of a sudden, everyone's just acting like Holden's not there. Yeah. He's the same. I guarantee you, not only is he the same prospect that you were all excited for a year ago, he's better. Hmm. Hmm. Man. It's... It's a struggle. It's a struggle sometimes, man. I don't I don't get it. I don't get the love. Uh I don't I don't know why nine doesn't get the love. Um dude's a warrior, man. He he's he's a gamer. Uh, I think, you know, in a Hugh Freeze offense and just getting to learn from Hugh Freeze, the quarterback position. <sighs> Give it a shot, man. Just 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 Pump the brakes. Give it a shot. Let the guy do his job. Let nine get in the classroom and learn. And and that's all I gotta say about it. And and just just pipe down, man. Chill out. We're gonna be okay. Quit getting on social media every day, wanting portal guys and and this and that. And just let it play out, man. Hugh Freeze know what he knows what he's doing. So let it just let it play out. It will solve. <laughs> it will solve itself, man. He won. He beat Alabama with Bo Wallace. All right. Chill, chill. Take a chill pill. I, I don't, I don't know, man. But um, Dustin, I'll, I'll leave you the floor, man. Uh, wrapping this thing up. Drop your social media content, everything, man. Get your last word in. Yeah, just, uh, just, just chill with the whole portal thing, right? Like you said, it was a two-lane quarterback entered. Everybody, or he didn't even enter, but it was a talk about him entering, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" And I'm just sitting there thinking. Robbie's better than that guy anyway. Like, mm. I know they had a great year, and that bowl game was awesome, but, like, give you time, uh, and you'll see what it is. You can follow me on Twitter at DMXShod28. Follow me on YouTube at Southern Sports Daily. And uh, big game this weekend, South Carolina. We should smoke them, but I can't wait. And, hey, uh, you remember a couple years ago, we go up there, Macklemore gets hurt, and yep. we end up losing, so. Yep. You never know, man. Yeah, um, that was a huge injury that year too, man. That kind of derailed the season a little bit for us. Uh, but man, it's been a fun one tonight. Can't wait to get back on here. We'll be back Sunday and and we'll recap that SC game and hopefully we can get another dub on the road and uh, you know improve to what six and one in the SEC. Hopefully, so uh, that'll be big time, Dustin. But that being said. We're going to wrap this one up. We're out. War Damn Eagle to each and every one of you. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. We're out.